Hello, welcome to episode 310 of Three Bears in the Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Good evening, sir. Keep calling on a Sunday. It's a late podcast, but an early in the day podcast for us. It is. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the Sunday podcast. You'd said kind of last week, it's a nice way to round off your week. Do you know what I mean? It is. And it's I'm, I'm starting you up for to... the rest of the new week as well. So it just puts a wee full stop on the week. Yeah, because I think this is our third or fourth Sunday in a row, and I'm starting to settle into it. You know, it's like get ten and wait. I'm like, cool. It's like yeah. just a nice, nice chilled Sunday, and then we podcast as well. It gives you a wee bit more time to catch up and stuff because it means we've got the weekend. Like I know we're doing a Thursday, we've got like, the weekend going into it, watch mm-hmm. films, but it's almost like we know by the Friday. I've not seen anything. I'll use Saturday and Sunday to watch as much extra shit as I can, just so I've got some more stuff to talk do, about. Do your homework, so to speak. Yes, it gives you an extra <laughs> it's a moment. If, if you've seen something during the week, it gives me a chance to go and watch it to make sure we've got it as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm enjoying the Sundays immensely, sir. Sundays work for me as well. It's nice. It's a, very, it's a very relaxing way to spend a Sunday. It certainly is. What are you drinking tonight, Colsey? <laughs> um, I'm back on my, my Goose Island IPA again. Um, Lovely. So I've got I've got one of them. It's still, it, I think it's about a month out of date just now, but <laughs> it still tastes okay. It's okay. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what point beer stops tasting okay or how you would know it didn't taste okay either. I'm a bit kind of cagey yeah. on that. Like, how would I know if it was? I've drunk beer as, you know, six, seven months out of day and it usually tastes all right. Usually, I've not had any sort of weak repercussions from it. But, um, but would, would you know what bad beer tastes like though? What off beer tastes like? See, I wouldn't. Yes, I, I would. Like, I had one before. It was, um, yeah. brought like a, was like a brew dog orange sour thing we got at one point. And oh no, I didn't buy it. It came. It was in a pint. We got it at the bar, and something was up with the the, the barrel. And when it came, it was absolutely disgusting. The smell it just made your stomach turn. Oh, so I actually, I actually would know what it. I mean, that's at the very top level of like this is utterly gone. If yeah. it was like on the cusp, that would be more yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, so that this this could be shite, and I'm you know, to me like yeah. You one day taste a proper goose IPA and you go, oh my God, I wonder if I was taste nothing like this. <laughs> so that's what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm back on the goose. What are you drinking, sir? Uh, nothing. I've got my big metal container, big milkshake container of Coca-Cola because it's Sunday and I'm being behaved. Because you're working tomorrow. I like your straw. Um, Thank you. My monkey straw. For the listeners, it is a monkey straw. It's a monkey on the top of the straw and the monkey's holding a banana. Um, yes. I do appreciate monkeys more than, do, more yes. than most. I thought you'd appreciate the monkey straw. <laughs> um, it's very so. cool. Um, so you say you've got a lot to talk about, so we'll catch up with cinema stuff. Anything stuff we've, we've talked about, we've both, one has I've watched and I've not seen, both as other person hasn't seen. So I'll start with that, Causey, because I've watched yes. one thing that you watched a few weeks ago, I think, and it is um, No Hard Feelings. Yes. The new raunchy sex comedy from Jennifer Lawrence that was, yeah. um, that was out. Um I remember you not being particularly up on it. I you thought, sort of... admit, I think I gave it a 5 out of 10. I think I was pretty level with it. It nah, wasn't, wasn't I, great, it wasn't awful, it was very average. I'm just, I think you were overly harsh on it. I, I was by no means perfect. There was, there was it's, the, A lot of the jokes from the, um, the, the, the trailer were in the film, they were the big jokes. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the basic story is it's a, a couple basically hire Jennifer Lawrence to sleep with her son because they want to bring him out of his shell before he goes to college. That's essentially the plot of the story. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sleep with her son and we'll give you lots of money for doing that because she's down on lock at the moment. She's down on lock. She wants to save her house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She um, agrees to bang their son for, for those purposes. Is, 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 yeah. uh, <laughs> fucking shallow as fuck, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I I I liked it more than I thought that I thought I was going to because it's like it's not quite as raunchy as I thought like you know your sort of sex comedies were going to be. There's not actually that much in it. Yeah. Really, yeah. It, there's a bit of chat about it, but it's not actually it's not American Pie esque or Porky's esque. It's sort of it's much more quiet than that. Yeah, um, de- definitely. It's it's like I kind of I guess it's like a, I want to see a Gen Z American Pie. Almost, almost. Like it, I think I thought it was like more in common something like in terms of like tone of like is like ten things I hate about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rogers, you know, yeah, yeah. Not quite as you know. Um, it has like quite a lot of heart in it. There's actually quite a nice kind of soft, you know, core to it. That I, yeah. I feeling. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, I thought was excellent. I thought she actually plays a role in it. She's not. It, she's not playing Jennifer Lawrence. She, she, you can tell she has a good. She's a great actress because yeah. she's playing a role. You believe that like. So many times you put like this really hot actress in a role, and you go like you're supposed to be the one who's down the luck, and you watch and you go, I just don't believe that you would like, I don't believe you in that role. But she it's, does, yeah. she does play that role. Like I can, I can get why you're this desperate. I can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, she 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 makes a character out of it. Yeah. She does. No, she brings probably, a character to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was a bit annoyed that Richie from the, the the bear only got like two scenes. I want to see him in more stuff. I think yeah, blinking you miss him almost in it. So yeah. He comes and goes. But, um, I, I enjoyed it more than you did, I think. I gave it six and a half out of ten. I thought it was a lot more heart than I expected. Not as crude as I, I maybe I don't know if I hoped for it to be crude or expected, mm. but it wasn't quite as crude as I expected it to be as well. So I, I thought it was a decent watch. I, I, I chuckled along with it. I think one of the biggest things I got from it was that Jennifer Lawrence, is, she, she's funny. She, she's got she's good timing. Yeah, she's very she, funny, yeah. She, she, she gets the time and she knows, oh. you know I mean, her cues and stuff like that, and she, she's naturally quite kind of giftedly funny as well. Well, you see her in interviews and things like that. She's on, and like, uh, when she's on shows, like talk shows, she, she's got a real wit about her and she, and she understands, yeah. you know, comedy timing. So, um, yeah, she definitely has comedy in her. So it was, it was good to see that come out. And again, you always say a good actor can do anything. And, Really do, I yeah, yeah, but I won't say anything bad about Jennifer at all. She's no. fucking, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed on that film. Um, so yeah, six and a half out of ten for me if you get a chance to see it. What have you watched that I've seen, Colin? That I've been telling you to go and see. What did you go and watch that? Oh, know? it's not cinema stuff. Okay, by all means, fire away. What, what you going fire to away. So the first thing I watched that, that you were raving about last week um, was the Beastie Boys story. Oh yes. How I went and watched on the back of your television. Dude, my God. Um, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of documentaries, but this isn't done standard documentary style. It's no. more like a kind of stand-up. It's them in a kind of theatre role. It's filmed and stuff like that. It's them talking to an audience about their story. And it was just yeah. amazing. Um, so much heart in it. It was funny. At times scripted funny. But, but yes. you know, it, it was funny. Um and just the the journey they take you on, do you know what I mean, about who mm. they are, you get a real kind of sense of understanding who the Beastie Boys are, who they were individually, and it's so sad as well. And you see them changing as well, because they talk about the very start of it, you know, how they feel bad now because they kicked the girl out of the band. Yeah. They kicked the girl drummer out of the band, they said, we don't want you because they had this like image of like the 80s party boy yeah. that they, they keep up with. Yeah, it was, it's very candid, they don't hold much back, do you know what I mean, they are... Yeah. Honest, you know, they're, they're kind of older guys now, you know, like they're my age almost, I mean, maybe older, and they're just bearing their souls now, do you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, we were assholes back then, and, you know, we're trying not to be assholes anymore. But it's when they talk about um, Adam Yak, or MCA, if mm. anyone that's, doesn't know who he is, um, and you see the genuine sadness, and 
there's points where they, they, they can't speak about them because emotionally it's too much and stuff like that. And it gets you, man. It's proper. They're, they're talking about losing their friend. Like, yeah. it's not, it's a brother, it's their friend. It's They're talking about someone who they, they love and they adore and they, they, they want to, they, they miss. But it could, but it's like genuine sentiment. Do you know what I mean? I know a lot of the, the the show was scripted, but you know you can see the hurt and the pain. Ah, uh-huh. and it's it's just heartbreaking, man. It was it was a tough watch, but a good watch. Do you know what I mean? It's good watch because it is almost like you can see why they don't. Do, they've done it a few times, like on stage, and then they've mm. not done it again. Yeah, and you can see it, it is their way of saying goodbye to their friend. And so, yeah. and I and I love the fact that they've just said that the Beastie Boys are over. We're not bringing this back. We're, yeah. It's finished. The Beastie Boys was the three of us, and yeah. now that one of us is gone, we we might. I think they've both done music things other places and they produce things and do all that kind of stuff. But we are not coming back with this. It, it, it's done. It's finished. It's not. Yeah, it. I it's, thought it's, really, you appreciate that as well. The idea of them knowing that it, there was something special about the three of them in a room together. Yeah, yeah. That that was the magic. That's. Yeah. You know, take take one part away, and it, it's not that magic anymore. Right. So you know, that's not what we want to do. Also, made me realise as well that um, look, I was I was a massive fan of License Tell because I was young enough to be caught up in the hype when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I used to wear a Volkswagen you know, <laughs> chain and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just steel Volkswagen signs off of cars. Um, so yeah, that was that guy. Um, but it made me realise that I didn't really have exposure to anything after that. Um, I knew like yeah. the kind of bigger hits like Intergalactic and um, sabotage, and stuff. sabotage stuff like that. So in tribute, I listened to Paul's Boutique, good, which everybody says as you know, it's like it, it bombed at the time, but it's now retrospectively like you know, like, like, best, one of the best. Wow. Albums. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I listened to that after it, and, and you have got to agree, um, it's yeah. fucking really, really good, so it's, it's brilliant. Um, so, it, as well as watching that, introduced me to another level of the Beastie oh, Boys, the Beastie that, Boys yeah, yeah. Which, which is good as well. But what an amazing watch, so I, was, I was so blown away by how good it was, because I was expecting just your standard documentary format, and just what a perfect way to tell your story. Um, yeah. it, 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 I scored it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I think I think it came out in 2019, I think. Yeah, when I think so, 20 maybe. It yeah. made my top 10 of my top 10 films that year. Yeah, stunning. Absolutely stunning. It's on Apple Plus, it's still there if anybody wants to watch yeah. it. It's, even if you're not into the Beastie Boys, you'll still have find some appreciation, I think, just for seeing yeah. three friends growing up. Yeah, because the stories, because it's, it, it's a story about kind of 80s, 90s culture as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's not just about the music and stuff. And it's also directed by Spike Jones as well. So if mm. you're a Spike Jones fan, there's, there's even that element of it as well. Um, yeah. But... Well done, sir, for for that recommendation. How cool is yeah. it when you see Adam Yak just like he's just playing around on a bass? Yeah, and he's, and it's opening to sabotage, and he's just yeah. sort of like can't get something out of his head. And all of a sudden, the next thing you hear is like, "Holy shit!" He wrote one of the kind of the coolest kind of rock crossover hip hop song you've ever it, heard. In your it's life. so so rough in it as well. Right. It's just every time you hear that, if you just you want to smash stuff up, and uh. it's got the same impact to me. That riff is like um, Nirvana's. Never mind the. Um, no, sorry, mm. Teen Spirit riff. Yeah. You hear it and you just want to go jumping into something. Yeah, you know it's, it's my, my Slipknot, it's duality, that, that's that song for me. I've heard yeah. duality, I just I feel aggression wailing up inside yeah. and I'm like, don't, you're going you're going fucking somebody and keep that yeah. shit, keep that shit in, in, in line. It's, it's yeah. dangerous. Um, a wonderful documentary if you get a chance so to watch it. That, 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 that was a great watch, so that, that was amazing. Um, and uh, also inspired by you, um, and on a similar vein, I watched Still. The Michael oh, J. Fox, yes. um, the Michael J. Fox one as well, and again, fucking hell, man, I, I was not ready for the emotional roller coaster that that 
is Michael, is Michael J. Fox's fucking biopic. It's yeah. so sad. Um, it's funny. Yeah, it's because funny. Because he's funny. But yeah. when, when you, I didn't realise, and I think the, the film early on touched on this, is you don't realise how bad things are till you see him walking. Uh-huh. And when you see him walking, man, it just breaks your heart. You yeah. realise, you know, just how debilitating this disease is and what it's done to him. And when he, fall, he falls and he talks about falling, you just don't realise how bad it is or, or, you know, the effect Parkinson's can have on people until you actually see it. And it's, it's yeah, raw. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't hold back showing you fucking no. what a bastard disease this is. And, and it was really sad, man. Just... You know, just, just about when he's walking down the street and, you know, his trainers try to help him and stuff and he just totally fucking just caught me. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, that's what it got me when he falls in the street. That bit got me as well. Yeah, because you do, and I think in your head, um, when you think Parkinson's, do you think, you know, a bit shaky? Do you, I mean, you don't, you just don't realise until you see that. Just. Well, we all probably remember Muhammad Ali. Um, yeah. Had it, and you never saw him struggling to walk. You always saw him mm. just, it was just, he was always very trembly. Mm. Um, obviously, the mind was sort of a bit, the, the, the speech was gone as well a lot, but you never saw him struggling to walk a lot of the time. He's always able to, and the fact you see Michael, he's walking like that, it's, it's really heartbreaking. But the documentary, the way they've done it, it's so cool how they sort of intercut his old movies to give to bring the yeah, story alive. to give it a narrative to keep yeah. it moving along. But he, he is still funny. Yeah. And he, yeah. But, he, but he's, he's fucking fearless, do you know what I mean, in yeah. how he tackles it and how he speaks about it as well. You know, he's just so, you know, this is the shit I've got to deal with and, and you know, here it is on a fucking plate, you know, that this is my life now and he acknowledges that, you know, he was a dick back in the day and he's kind of realised now and, do you know what I mean, just his outlook and everything is just, like, inspiring. It was, like, fucking wow. The thing I got from most was, because, like, obviously I was too young to remember because he didn't, back to just come out in 85, I think it was, 84, mm. 85, um, like just how big Michael J. Fox was in the and like so between eighty five and like the time I the time I was aware of Michael J. Fox like I was in, like seven or eight years old watching Back to the Future. His time had almost passed at that point. Yeah, he was already back on TV and his movies had hadn't had quite the same hits. You know, it, it was sort of he hadn't. But between like like between like Family Ties like was it eighty two eighty three? Yeah, and about eighty nine ninety, he was like. DiCaprio times ten. It was like oh, insane. Superstar levels, like, yeah. like I mean, like, like things like Doc Hollywood and I mean, fucking stuff like that. It's just, it's just hit after hit for him. I mean, he couldn't do no wrong. Um, but right. then you start to see, like, in the course of the documentary, you because it, it kind of shows you the critics panning him, and and yeah. you kind of start to realise, fuck, and you you know you start to know why, you realise why, and stuff like that. And like you touched on before as well, so like you don't notice how much he's masking as well. Uh-huh. Until, until you know, do you know what I mean? And then when you know, you're like, fucking hell. It's constant. Know? Yeah, it's constant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, a, a, a tough watch. It really was a tough watch because Michael J. Fox, he is Marty McFly, do you know what I mean? In, yeah. in your head, that's who he is and who he always will be. So to see him not be Marty man. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's fucking heartbreaking, man. But then... It, it's inspiring just to see, you know, how he's just fucking grabbed a ship in the balls and he's like, you know, okay, fuck it, let's, you know, how do we deal with this? Just let's Aye. go. And yeah. yeah, so, um, well. Can I recommend another one on um, Apple Plus for you to watch next? You're pushing your luck with the documentaries, but you can recommend. <laughs> There's a Selena Gomez one on it, which I would highly recommend watching. 
I did eyeball that as well. Cause very, very good. You'll get a real insight into Selena Gomez in a, in a very wonderful way. Um, you'll enjoy that one as well. Which segues nicely on to Only Murders in the Building. I've not watched it. No spoilers. I'm going to have you not watched it? it? I'm going to wait for it all to land and then I'll watch it. All oh, right, okay. You're going to do a 10 and 1? do a binge on it. Oh, okay. Interesting. They've dropped two so far. And um, first 15 minutes, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And then click. It's just like, fuck. Nice. That, that was it. But a second episode, I was like, gone again, hopelessly. I love it. So, yeah, it's good. Really so, good. Really good. Yeah. I will. Maybe, maybe even like I'll do like maybe four or five and then I'll, we'll talk about it. I'll maybe give it to the halfway point and I'll okay. catch up on it and, and do that at that point. Because, um, I don't know. I think the first season we watched in a binge, the second season we watched week on week. Mm. I'm not entirely sure what the best way of doing it is, so I'll have to maybe maybe half and half at this time. I start. I, I, I'm still a massive fan of having something to go home and look forward to. That's my thing. That's, I just love having that. It's a Tuesday night. You know you're going to go home, have your dinner, sit down and watch. Do you that, know what that's it is? Maybe that will be a Tuesday night thing. We do yeah. always look for something to watch. So yeah, yeah. No, that might be a Tuesday night thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, very good, sir. Very good. Very sir. good. That's, all, that's all I will say. Very good. Anything else of interest you've watched this week? Um, and we both briefly touched on it off mic. Um, we both watched the end of Sweet Tooth. Season Sweet Tooth two. season two, which I love. Sweet Tooth season one. There's a, real, a wonderful world building, wonderful show. Sweet Tooth season two. I didn't love the first four episodes, five episodes. I thought it was very slow. There's a a choice in the two characters who were in the main season one. They do something with them, which it, it, I think when they did this, you lost a lot of the dynamic. Definitely. And a, lot of sort of yeah. and a lot of the sort of the heart to it. Yeah. But I would say the second half of the season, rolling into the finale, I actually thought it brought back some of the, the sort of warmth and the love that I'd, I'd enjoyed in the first, the first full season. Um, I thought yeah. it found its place again. Yeah, I think season two, I think the first episode kind of set a good tone and then it mm. just kind of drifted. And then maybe kind of see uh, episode seven, it kind of lifted again and it ended yeah, in the high seven, so it, six seven eight i thought it really kind of brought stuff home yeah yeah, yeah two three four and five i, I really did have a, it took me and it literally took me about three months to watch episodes one to four i think we, it was we are the same we kind of dragged our heels on it was like you know we've nothing else to watch so let's whereas with the first season it was like i want to watch another one yeah this was more but I think the way it's ended has kind of set me up looking forward to. Yeah, the dynamic that I liked and enjoyed in the first season is, is sort of back for that. And season three will be the final season. Um, that they've mm. set. And that'll, they'll tie everything up in that season. So it yeah. feels like what they're setting in motion for season three um, will be something that I'm hoping that I'll find a lot more love to very early on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Lorraine's still freaked out by how much it looked like. He is very creepy. He is very creepy how much it is like you're calling. Last night we were watching it and, and she paused it and she looked at me and she's like, because like, he never had the glasses on and she's like, yeah. he's even got the same features and stuff as you yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, fucking hell. I know, I get it, okay. Yeah, um, so, like yeah um, as, so I see it as well. Like, I'm watching it, I'm like, this is fucking strange. It's um, utterly bizarre. Anyway. What is a bit of a shame was how much it's been buried. It's so I think I don't think it quite got the exposure the first season got. I think yeah. I think the first season came out maybe just before all in lockdown and stuff like that as well. So mm. everyone seemed to jump on it and the second season sort of arrived unannounced. Um, yeah. So it, I've not heard I've not really heard anybody really talking about it or sort of like it's it was, it's not got the same you know touch point. Um, but as, then they seem to be time. making a fuss about the third season because it's on the kind of. Banners, oh, banners. Yeah. saying like it's official season three's coming and stuff like that. So you're like, 
Why, why was no fan for the season two? It's Those crazy. banners are tailored to you. Ah, right, okay, okay. You'll see different banners from what I'll see, but then what we're watching. Ah, right, okay, I, I get that banner a lot. And it came in the credits as well, it, it tells you. But yeah, I'm with you, I, I do admit, like, it's all, maybe they're trying to make them over push for the third season, but oh, yeah. we're almost surprised they're giving a third season based on, you know, Netflix's budgets cutting things and things like that over recent times, but we'll touch on that with one of the other discussions later on this uh, podcast. Okay. Um, but season two, I, I think it's fine. It's, it's not the yeah. same level of greatness as the first season, but it's still very enjoyable uh, overall. Yeah, it's it's a linear path, you know. It's, yes. it's kind of where it kind of had to go, I guess. Um, they couldn't sustain the first season, so I yeah. reckon this is where you could see it going anyway. I think. Yeah, if season yeah. one was a nine out of ten. Season two is probably a, what six, six out of seven. Yeah. Yeah, six, six and a half. Yeah, around about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. But still worth definitely. It. Um, but before we go on to the movies, Colin, let's eulogise. We don't do it very often. Um, we've done it for a while, actually. But this week, um, I think a firm favourite of our own, um, Mr. William Friedkin, passed away. Mm. Um, director of The Exorcist, probably will be his magnum opus. Definitely, yeah. yeah. That was it. But, so he'll be eulogised, I think, as of that and The French Connection, I want to say. French Connection as well. The, the, well. The two um, biggies. He also yeah. did... He also did um, it's Live and Die in LA as well. Yeah. yeah. Boys in the Band as well. And my personal favourite film of his, it's no one really mentions too much about it, is a film called, it's getting a bit more of a sort of re, a re sort of loving in recent times. It's Sorcerer. I don't think I've seen that. And I'll talk to you about a minute. Um, it also done a film that I saw in the cinema, which it, in the cinema it freaked the hell out of me. It was, um, oh, what was it called again? It's one with the Matthew McConaughey um, eating the fried chicken. Chicken Joe. Killer Joe. Killer Joe. I've never seen that. I've seen the chicken bit, but I've never seen the actual film itself. Do you know what? Watch Killer Joe. It's it's definitely something. Um, But no, Saucer, like Saucer is a great movie. It's about, um, it came out the same, I think it came out the same week or the same day as Star Wars. So it got absolutely smashed by Star Wars at the box office. It's 1977. It's uh, Roy Schneider is um, back from, like, I was doing a French catch for him as well. Mm. And they've got to transport Four truckloads of nitroglyceride, nitroglyceride. Like, oh, right, I know of this movie. Yeah, I've never across, seen it. I know of it. Ah, across I think the Panamanian jungle. Yeah. And obviously, any sort of minor bit or big bump will cause this shit to explode like fuck. Yeah. So it's a film just wrought with tension. Like they're trying across, like sort of, you know, um, like the kind of bridge that Indiana Jones would walk across. You know, but with like these massive trucks and things like that. So. It's on oh. Blu-ray you now, you can get it. I think it might be on maybe Paramount somewhere as well, how you look for it. Um, it's based on a French movie called Wages of Fear. Um, right, they also okay. ripped it off in the recent Mandalorian series. Um, they've done a, oh, an, yeah, but it did. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah yes, right, okay. That, so. and he, he done that after The Exorcist. Just yes, this was, this, the, the, the money and the power he got from The Exorcist sort of allowed him to do this film. It's a remake of one of his favourite movies, which is right, okay. the French movie. So if you get a chance to watch it and try and find it, it is a brilliant movie. It's like such a, it's an absolute, like, in the same way that Mad Max Fury Road is all about adrenaline and about just sort of just sheer madness, this is all about just pure tension of, like, these guys trying to do this absolutely insane thing. Because, like, it, why would you do it? It makes no sense, you know? Yeah, so. Nuts. And he also done Cruising as well, which is... Cruising um, as well, yes. I've seen, I've seen that a long time ago when I was young, but that, that's a, a powerful film as well. Yeah. Um, and it was quite brave back then to tackle a film about, you know, fucking a cop going undercover as a gay man, you know what I mean, stuff Same like that as well. So. Boys, was Boys in the Band not all about, um, like, gay culture as well? Like, I've as not women? seen that. 
I'm sure it was all about kind of like gay culture as well, in a time yeah. when it wasn't really a... Yeah, that, that you shouldn't really be doing that. So, it's, yeah. you know, pushing boundaries yeah. is always a mark of a good director that's yeah. just, you know, not scared to fucking tackle stuff that everyone else will steer, steer away from. But, um, yes, it's a loss. But, yeah, I mean, Exorcist is... I don't know if it's the scariest movie of all time. Um, you know, because idiots like us watch so many scary movies that movies aren't scary anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you watch Exorcist, it, it's kind of, there's no real shock value anymore. But I guess for back in 1973 or whenever it was, I guess that would have been fucking horrific to see. I think it's still also good. I think it's still got, I get it, maybe people watching it is a bit hokier because there's a lot of stuff ripping up, it's been ripped off ever mm. since. Yeah. But I remember talking to Stuart about this film. He said he, when he first saw the film, it never really creeped him out. But then he had a kid, and the scene with like the spinal tap in it that freaked the fuck out of him. Like yeah. that's it's wee things like that. So maybe it's just one of like you've got to come at a certain point. But coming from a very lapsed Catholic background, the Exorcist did have a bit of an effect on me. It, it's more right. that kind of demonic stuff yeah. does you kind know, of really um, hit home. But it's I get it. I get why it's so beloved and why it is sort of one of these films. It's I personally. I think Sauce was a better movie. I personally mm. think French Connection is a better film because I watched that on Tuesday night uh, mm. in Tribute to the Man and I think that's a better movie. Um, but I can see why it's just like sort of punched through into the... Yeah. Into yeah the like I say, back, back then there was nothing... Back then like, you can see you why. Know, it, people would have just been like, what is happening? You know, this is nuts and I, I guess it is nuts. Um, yeah. But I think my exposure I think to... Omen, I think the Omen's a better possession movie. I yeah, think Alan Horror is a better movie as well. But again, again, I can understand why people love this. this is yeah, yeah. I think it's just that when I seen it, I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, but it was so talked about. You kind of knew everything that was happening coming, anyway, because, yeah. because that's why you wanted to see it, is because you'd heard so much about it, so that when you seen it, you're like, but I know this. Yeah, you had no idea that was coming, and you saw it, you're like, what the hell but, is this? Yeah, yeah, this is fucking insane. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, the, the man definitely had, had visions and follow them purely and truly yeah and like i said he'll if anything exes will keep them you know in the hollywood you know pantheon for forever many many yeah. lifetimes um, yeah. but like i said if you get a chance to watch sorcerer oh fucking hell what a film going i will film. try and find out where it is tonight and, and get onto that this week 100 yeah. because it sounds fucking amazing it sounds it's mental it's utterly mental and roy schneider <laughs> oh you forget how good an actor Roy Schneider is when you Schneider's see him. Schneider's a great you know? actor. Yeah, Schneider yeah. knew his craft well, so he did. Yeah, that's a, you watch, I watched the French Connection. You see, you watch Schneider and Hackman together, you go, fucking hell, these, those two are good actors. Yeah. You know, like Hackman, particularly in the, in the 70s, you go, holy shit, Hackman was like untouched in the 70s for like just what he, he was doing back yeah. then. You know, Popeye like, Doyle was quite a bastard character as well. He, oh, he yeah, wasn't he's a, a nice character. Yeah, he's a horrible like, character. character. Yeah, he's not a, but I mean, a, a well written. Yeah, a well-written, fleshed-out character, but aye, yeah. like, proper, you know, like, fucking, he gets under your skin, you know. Like, oh, he's, not, he's by no means a hero, he's an absolute <laughs> asshole, but totally. he's doing the right thing in a weird way in this one, but yeah, he's, it's all Harry, weird, it? Yeah, it's like Daddy Harry, do you know what I mean? It's like, you're a total bastard, but, you know, aye. you're the good guy, I don't, nah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's go into some movies, Colsey, so I will start with one from this week, it is a one in the cinema, it's a, a comedy, and it is called Joyride. Um, directed by Adele Lim. It's her debut feature. Um, but she was a writer on Crazy Rich Asians and also on Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, so she's got, obviously, she cached that into oh, yeah. um, teaming up with the a family guy writer wh- whose name I'm going to butcher. It's Cherry Chappendendrong. Big long name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, dreadful, but I believe yeah. you. 
<laughs> so she's teamed up with her and this is the film they've wrote. So it's essentially a film about women, two friends um, of Asian descent who live in America. One is her Asian family, the other one's been adopted. Um, they grow up together, one becomes very high-flying, the other one less so, but they still remain best of their friends. They go back to China for a, a business meeting. Uh, while there, they decide to go and investigate who one of the one who was adopted's buff mother was. And that's where the, the story sort of unfolds from there. Along the way, they've got their other friend who's became a very famous Chinese film actress, another friend who is called Deadeye, who is sort of like very much into K-pop, I think is the thing that's written. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's very socially awkward, we'll call it that. Um, and they go on this adventure across China to try and discover this person's birth mum, and on the way, misadventures happen. Um, so... so I've seen the trailers for this. Um, so famously, this is the one that, that's been kind of getting notability for the fact that they keep playing it before the Barbie film. Yes. With a particular song at the end of it. Uh huh. That, that's um, making a lot of mums squirm in their seats. Yes. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. and not in a good way. It's, it's a strange <laughs> choice to play that at, at yes. the Barbie movie. That's doesn't make sense, but they keep doing it. Um, doing which it. I think it's brilliant. I think it's hilarious. I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but it's fucking genius. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the film, you've got Ashley Park, Sherry Cole, which is a great name, Stephanie Huzu uh, from Everything Everywhere All At Once. She's a baddie, if you remember her. Yep, the uh, you've got uh, Sabrina Wu, you've got Timothy Simmons, and Daniel Day Kim uh, also pop up in it for a little bit. So but it's the four Ashley Park, Sherry Cole, Stephanie Huzu, and uh, Sabrina Wu. They play the, the four core friends. Um, this is it, this is very funny in big chunks. Like there is a lot of funny in it, and it, the jokes absolutely do hit. Um, there's some stuff that will make you cringe because it's like it's particularly aimed at like sort of white culture. And away you go, yeah, that's 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 accurate. But it's it's but it's, it, it is funny. You know, yeah. the, the opening song to it is a Dave Matthews Band song. Right. And it just pans out. And it's just the two Chinese like parents just going, look at all these fucking white people. And it's like, it's like <laughs> Dave Matthews are pretty much the whitest band on the planet. You think about it, you know? So I did get it. I did see that was aimed kind of directly at myself. Um, but it's, it is very funny. There's some really funny moments in it. There is some, there is some crude moments in it. Like mm. genuinely, it's, it's actually more crude than um, no hard feelings. I would say yeah, that's, yeah. that's more heard there's one shot at the very end that's particularly, oh shit. Yeah, so that's yeah. one. It's like that. You're like, oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, but there is. There's a lot of funny. There's like, there's like drugs involved stuff like that. So there's a lot of lot of funny, funny stuff in it. Um, but again, much like the no hard feelings, there's a real emotional core to it that actually does make it land a lot harder than it should, because you've got this these four friends who are all very different, but all have a lot of love for each other. And you see their friendship and their sort of relationship changing and developing. Mm. And that what brings it home to the, to the point where the final 20 minutes is kind of laugh-free. Like, it's not really about the jokes at that point. It's actually it's generally about the emotional impact that these people have on each other's lives. Yeah. So it hits a bit differently. So I was really surprised at how much was in there for that, because I really wasn't expecting that at all. And, you know, the kind of the raunchy sex comedy being you have probably seen as, like, you know, stuff like, you know, American Pie and Porky and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's not much emotional weight to them whatsoever. None. Yeah, the, the yeah. sex comedies that that yeah. that's their, that's a tag purely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not there's literally almost no emotional heart to it. That's yeah. kind of them. Yeah. Um, cast are all very game. Um, Sabrina Wu plays a character called Deadeye, like I said, who's sort of a bit, a bit odd in many ways. She's a standout. She's exceptionally fun in it. She she plays it. She commits to the role 
110% and brings it home all the way through it. Um, Hazu as well, um, playing the, the sort of the Chinese actress, um, who's basically pretending to be very chaste, when in reality she's the opposite of that. Also very, very funny as well. Um, as the plot gets more un- more sort of unbelievable, it becomes less interesting. You know, it starts out and you try to get a road trip, then it does a whole thing with like a Chinese basketball team and the whole thing with like a K-pop superstardom thing as well. As it gets more kind of crazy, it becomes less interesting to me. Right. I enjoy the dynamic of the four of them together and it's like the road tripness aspect of it. And the more kind of the more sort of like stuff I put in for like an exciting incident into it, I thought it lost a lot of its sort of power and its sort of its But mm-hmm. when it's funny, it it's definitely funny as hell. Um, and it it, is there, is there more fun to it than the trailer sales? Because it's yes. The, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Cool. There's definitely more emotional core to it than the trailer sales. The trailer yeah. doesn't sell that at all to me. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. generally surprised and found it generally quite touching, some of the stuff in it as well. So, yeah, I, I give it a very solid 7 out of 10. I, I had a good time with it. Oh, I did have my reservations, but based on what you're saying, I might... I might recant on my decision not to mm. see it and, and try and try and catch it perhaps. you've got a wee you've got some time off con coming up give it a wee try and a wee double head I mean it's a double header with something else you know just sort of yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's yeah, a good film hard hitting film then something a bit yeah easier. definitely yeah. Like, but it made me laugh at least a good half dozen times if a comedy can do that then I think a comedy's doing well tick the box isn't it yeah, yeah. definitely I will, try, I will try and check it out so for sure you, you've sold me you bastard so <laughs> on to that call, we'll talk about one we've both seen okay now so that is one that's on Netflix right now it's Netflix's latest big budget big star release that was released with almost no fucking actual advertisement about it or any sort of indication this film was going to land pretty um, much yeah pretty much and that's a film called Heart of Stone yes directed um, by Tom Harper I think who actually do like he done that film Wild Rose see the one set in Glasgow but the country yeah, yeah, yeah and he done that one the Aeronauts remember the one about the balloon yeah, uh, by Felicity Jones. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you yeah. both quite enjoyed that film mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed I thought Wild Rose was excellent. I really I've never it. seen it, but I know you were massive on that. You, yeah. you really liked that in a big way. I really liked Wild Rose. Um, and this film's written by Greg Rucker, who's a really, I love him. He's a comic book writer. He wrote like Gotham Central and he's wrote Spider Man and stuff like that. He's a very good comic book writer. Um, and Alison Schroeder, who wrote Hidden Figures. Oh, um, right, okay. So, okay. so we've got, we Colin, creatively, we've got a lot of good this- here. There's talent there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's People a lot are... of talent here. There's a lot of talent there. Um, so the plot of this one is essentially it's a spy film where there's an MI6 operative team um, and they are going, they basically discover that one of them is a secret, a sort of, what's the word they use? A double agent, almost. Double agent, who is working for this thing called, was it the cartel or something that's called, or something oh, like that? Can't remember, the organisation or something like that. Was who, some... who use AI to sort of change the world to for, for according to them good for good yeah there's, there's now also bad people who want to get this information and get the ai and they've got to try and stop the bad guy from getting this ai essentially that's it essentially it's a yeah. possible seven but done yeah. um in one movie um yeah. and that you've got gal gadot she plays the head spy lady um involved in the team you've got jamie Dornan who may or not play a bad guy if you if you don't Notice that in the first five minutes, then you maybe <laughs> should, should watch more movies. And uh, you get Alia Bat, who plays the sort of main baddie in it, I would say. You've also got BD Wong popping up in it for two minutes. You've got Glenn Close popping up in it for about 30 seconds. For who some is, can I just say, Glenn Close is starting to look more and more like a caricature of Glenn Close oh, yes. as she gets older? Um, yes. it's, it's like it's almost like someone's taking a death mask of Glenn Close. <laughs> 
put it on her face. It's fucking bizarre looking. It, it felt very odd. I'm not even sure the Lane Close knew she was in a film or on a set of this film because it felt like she was shot like in isolation from everybody else. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And you've also got Matthias Weinhofer um, in it as well. Yeah, he plays sort of the guy who controls the AI. Um, the main, the main guy. The, the boy um, that was in the zombie films recently. Zombie film, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Colin, what do you think of this one? Pretty trashy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's kind of billing its, its selling point is from the producers of Mission Impossible Seven. So, so that's that's you know that that's how it's selling itself. Um, and you can see the beats, and you can see oh. why why they're saying that. But. It, and, and this is the difference between Mission Impossible and something that's not. Uh, is you know, somebody like Tom Cruise is willing to put everything they've got into that and make it, you know, a fucking star vehicle. Whereas with this, they've got stars in there, but they're just not believable at all. Um, no. It's just action scene after action scene with, with this like, fucking finished piece of elastic connecting them. Do you know what I mean? You're just moving along and you just you don't care what happened in the last scene because. There wasn't enough fucking emotional impact to make you care, and you're on the next one, and you know, and you just forget each one as they go. Like, like you said at the start, what, what's the name of the, the, the organisation? Who fucking cares? I mean, yeah. I only watched it four hours ago, and, yeah. and I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't fucking care. Um, I, I think it, it highlights again. I think we've said this before that, that Miss Godot, as glamorous as she looks, I don't think she's a, she's a solid enough actress to. She's absolutely not she she really this is a big yeah. I would, thing i would say about it is for a big for much, i'm pretty sure this is at least a, a in excess of 150 million budget on it yeah yeah it's very underwhelming for that it's a mashup of other better movies and every scene you've seen you go i've seen that done in a different movie and done better yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing everything you've seen, it seems like they've spent what do people like in actual films let's put that in it but then not done it as well like, almost every scene in this is almost is in a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. But, but done, the, the car chase feels like a rip-off of the one that was the most recent film. Yep. But just yep. done better. Um, I haven't seen all of it. It's just... All of it, yeah. yeah. It is almost... It is action filler by numbers. Yeah. But, you know... It's the most generic of movies you could possibly imagine. It's just generic as generic can be. Yeah. Um, and Gal Gadot is like, oh my God, like... I get she's looks wonderful as one woman, and I get maybe her stoic delivery in one woman works for that character. Yeah. But seeing anything I've ever seen her, that woman cannot act. She, yeah, same. I she mean, has she, nothing. I'll, I'll give her credit for she can do action scenes. I'll give her that and say she's she got she the look, physique and she's got the yeah, she's she, a great she, woman. She looks fantastic and stuff like that. But yeah, she's just she, there's no range there. Um, I don't know if this was meant to be. Like kind of quippy funny as well. That's I think the bit the character says to her, like, "Are you trying to be funny?" And I think the audience would be going, "Is she trying to be funny?" Like but she had all, no all way, of, of like sort of all the way through there was these like kind of what I thought were quips somewhere there. Really, it was like that. That's awful. There's no. It's just delivered wrong. It's there's no fun in it at all. It's just no. It's the it, driest of dry whips, and you go like, "Oh God!" Like it. It seems yeah. like you can almost imagine like a Jerry Butler doing it, or like a. Like Brucey, Bruce Willis in these days as well, mm. doing it and it coming across as like that's it, it, it works. Yeah, jeez, man, she's getting no delivery whatsoever. And I just yeah. you could see them trying painfully to yeah. get like sort of like emotion and some sort of like character. And it's like there's just nothing it there, there's absolutely nothing there. Yeah, I also thought, um, disappointingly, Jamie Dornan was 
offering this as well. I think if it's possible to do more than like less than phoning it in, I think he was doing less than phoning it in. He yeah, felt he was, yeah. it was a paycheck one, and it's again maybe this film, will, maybe the paycheck of this film will pay for him to do. You know, he could do Belfast and, and get all the credit for that, and he was quite happy to do that. Maybe that's what this was all about. But yeah, yeah he did not seem invested whatsoever in this yeah. film at all. I think the only character that I actually did enjoy was the kind of bearded guy to start, the one with the cats. He was hmm. only the only interesting character in the whole fucking movie, and and they, they disposed of him. Fairly early on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so by that point, it was like, so you're taking one interesting thing and it's gone. Um, but yeah, it was, I kind of found myself kind of getting antsy, you know, I made a cup of tea, had a bite of tea. You, know, you look at your but, phone during it. It's, it's almost a film. Yeah. To, it's almost a film to watch while looking at your phone. Yeah, it paused it quite a lot to see how long was left. That's always a bad yeah. sign, is when you look to see how much more of this shit have I got to get through. Um, I, 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 it was filmed quite well, I'll give it that. I mean, you, you could see there was some budget there. Some of the action scenes were quite well staged, um, you know. A lot of blue screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the kind of setup, you could kind of see, it was mm. quite kind of, you know, there's money spent on a bit of caretaking and kind of went to place the cameras and stuff like that. But um, it didn't have much going for no. it. It's very typical of this Netflix, their model, they try to like, do these big budget movies with big actors in it to try and draw people to the site and to draw people to do things. You know, you had, like, maybe that one Red Notice with, like, The Rock mm. and had um, Gal Gadot yeah. and Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah. Then yeah. a few like that where you're going, like, Jesus, like, there's so much money on screen, but it's even, it's just, it's not, there's nothing there to watch. It's, even, like, the Chris, the Chris Evans one was out recently, was that, what was it called? Oh, I don't know what you mean. That, that was, yeah. Um, even the Chris... They come and they disappear, yeah. like, ten minutes later. You're gone. Are, are these Netflix films now... The kind of next generation are made for TV movies. Yeah, but they are. But the budget on them is like 150 million. It's like no wonder this model's not sustainable. Yeah. Like you're made for TV movies, we're getting made for like say 15 million at most, mm. and they're, they're recouping it on international rights. They're hoping putting this film out draw people to the site to up their memberships. Whereas like no one's paying to go and watch this film. Yeah. You know, and they're not putting it out on DVD or Blu-ray. People can buy it. You know, make money yeah. that way. This is a, it's like it's just there now, and it'll never go away. And it's not one that, that's going to garner fans by word of mouth. Um, no, definitely because, not. Because, no. you know, if someone asked me, I'm, I'm not going to, I couldn't, you know, honestly recommend it to someone as a no. good film to watch. Do you know what I mean? So if you stumble across it by chance or, you know, you're kind of tricked into a number one movie fucking this week, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's going to sustain any kind of audience. Right. It'll probably say it's number one film in Britain right now because of who's in it and where it is. And it'll probably end up being saying like they've been seen by, like, say, 45 million households. But I guarantee you'll be fucking struggling to find anybody who's watched that film. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll, it'll be hard to find anyone who wants to go, you remember that film? And like, nothing. But nothing. Because no. it it's just complete generic tosh. Yeah. A few reviews I read were saying, you know, like, like, was this written by AI? And and that's it what it's start, starting to feel like. You know, it is like, you know, put an AI, you know, make a film like Tom Cruise and that's the kind of shit you would expect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very disappointing. What do you have out of 10, Colin? I'm not going to be a total dick because I can see some of the budget. I like okay. the bearded guy. I'm going to give it a 5 out of A soft, soft 5 out of 10. Okay. 
I am much the same. It's a very soft five. It, yeah. it could easily be a very hard four, but it's yeah. a, a very soft. Well, well I'll five. be. I'll be usually my total deck, so I'm, I'm not yeah. going to be a complete deck. I'm going to do that. Yeah, so. it, I'll give it a five. But my review reads like a four. <laughs> I think it's very yeah. yeah, yeah. My attention span was at a three, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe one to avoid. On from that column, it's probably one that you've seen. I've not seen it yet. Um, it's on the cinema right now, and that is the Meg Two. Has it got a tagline, Meg 2? The Trench. The Trench. This is directed, I want to see it, it's directed by Ben Wheatley, the man who brought us things like I Ride and uh, yeah. in England and Free Fire, um, has now cast his net into him, the Meg 2, which if, it, if he's getting paid more money for this than anything else he's done, I'm all for him doing stuff like this. If this gives me another five Ben Wheatley films, then I'm 100% all for it. Um, Absolutely. In this film, you've got back again as Jonas Taylor as Jason Statham. You've got Jing Wu. You've got Cliff Curtis, Paige Kennedy, Skylar Samuels. I am assuming all these people I'm reading out are just basically chum and fodder for the big shark. Felix, <laughs> um, what's it about, Colin? Tell us what it's all about. Uh, so this is a continuation of the original Meg film, um, which yep. Jason Statham kills a big giant monster shark um two this, big giant monster sharks two um so this is say a year or so later where they're still um they're still mining deep sea um because there's more to explore despite yep. the misgivings from the last one where they said we both oh, explore deep giant sea. Fucking shark. <laughs> yeah so they're still doing that um and in doing so they, they they piss off some big giant sharks that escape from deep sea and say about eating everybody um yeah. that's pretty much it. in a nutshell it is that um yeah. There's a giant octopus, some giant sharks, and some scary wee lizards that, that break free from the, the Mare, bottom of the Mariana Trench um, and yes. go and cause chaos and paradise. Um, Jason Statham has to sit up once again and uh, go and save save the day. Um, this is a film made for 10-year-old boys. You took a, te- a 12-year-old boy to go and see it, I believe. Yeah, Did I took a 12-year-old boy enjoy it. He loved it because yeah, it's, yes. the, the, it's, it, it's shit a film as it is. It's the perfect it movie. Yeah, it's under no illusions. It knows it's a fucking big daft film about big, huge, impossible sharks yeah. that, that kill people in imaginative ways. Um, that's completely it. Um, it's nodding and winking the full way. It does not take itself seriously. You know, it, it knows it's ripping off Jaws. It knows it's ripping off Piranha. Anything else with a shark or a fucking sea monster, you know, yeah. it, it knows exactly where it's pulling from, shamelessly, and it's it, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, the people um, watching this film are fans of, much like me and you, fans of things like Tremors and B-movies like that. Yeah. And it's, it's aimed at that audience who, who, they know what they're expecting, they know what they're getting, and as long as you don't, as long as you treat it with a bit of respect and you don't, like, treat it like idiots, yeah. will enjoy it, and be inventive and be clever. The exact opposite of what... Um, from, I've got the name of it already, Heart of Stone Almost embrace the the cliches of it and, and, and yeah. use them to your advantage. Yeah. It, it, fun's a key word for that. I think Ben Wheatley is not a director you would ever think would make a film like this. And he can be, he's very inventive with his like, deaths and stuff like that. So he, can, he can be yeah. sort of absurd with it, so you can but get that element I of it. I think the point is, is that he knows it's fun. And you can see, as a director, you can feel that he must have had a way of time, no pun intended, making this yeah. film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You feel that, like, yeah, this is fucking Ben Wheatley like, directing this film, but, you know, it's a blast. It's just... Does it, feel like a ben, does it feel like a Ben Wheatley film? 
Sometimes there's a few kind of shots and stuff like that, and, and you're like, yeah. Um, it's also a, a kind of really weird film of three thirds, um, three different three parts, yeah, three different, different actually, acts. really, really different. You know, like the first act setting something up, the second act takes you to a different kind of place, and then the third act has the all out fuck the sharks and stuff like that. So, Godzilla versus Kong was a bit like that, remember? Yeah, yeah, same idea. Yeah, you know, it's three different pieces put almost together. Almost three different films, yeah, almost. Just, yeah, yeah. But, but it works. Um, Statham is, I guess he is like the, the kind of British budget Bruce Willis, but he's yeah, good at what so, he yeah. does. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he comes along and he's he's tough, he's macho, you know, he's bald, he's rugged, and he's quippy. You know, he knows how to kind of bark out a snarky line and stuff like that. And he, he does his job admirably. You know, he's just. Um, he, again, it's, he knows what he's in. Yeah, that's he, and it. He knows yeah. the tone of what he's doing. And and it seems like, again, probably the cast of the film in a way, everybody knows the tone. And as long as you know yeah. the tone of the song you're in, you can all work to that level. It's been, there's people not realising what they're in. Yeah. I think we've talked about this, the biggest problem I've got with some of the Fast and Furious films is everybody in, the, in those films knows the joke apart from one person. Yeah, who thinks and it's... that one person has got <laughs> the most screen time of anyone else in the film, you know? So, yeah. so. No, everyone is, everyone, the full cast know exactly, you know, the tone of this film, they know the flavour, and, and they all, everyone embraces it. Um, you know, it, It's just, it's pure popcorn that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, plenty of laughs in the cinema throughout as well. And let's say my 12-year-old kid, who is aimed at, was, he, he hadn't even seen the first one, and he came out yeah. and he was, bounced away and chatting yeah. about it and his favourite bits and do you know what I mean stuff like that and I'd look over him now again I could just see him with his big googly eyes and fucking smile in his face do, do you know what I mean so it, it done exactly what it's meant to do it's just it pure of, popcorn I can absolutely see 10 12 year old Richard absolutely loving this as well like I, I can totally well, see so yeah I, I think adult Richard will love it as well I think he will as well because I can still access that 12 year old Richard very easily it, it, I'm, <laughs> so. I'm the same you know it's, it's like when I go and see this I'm reliving you know I'm kind of seeing Jaws again and stuff like that it's just pulling all these memories of films that I enjoy yeah. know, back to me as well and it, it gives you that it's, it's a lot of fun um, it's, on paper it's fucking terrible it, it is pure B movie trash but in the most best possible way it's just no, but fun I think I think the Meg is one of those one. It is a genuinely terrible film, but it's an enjoyably terrible movie. Like I, yeah. I can still enjoy it for the, the complete ridiculousness of what it is. Um, yeah, Deep Blue Sea. There's a million of them. Do you know what I mean they're yeah. just terrible, but they're fun, fucking terrible. But so much. To fun. Me there's always a line, and it's, it's it's. I don't know what the line is. I don't know what the difference between them is. But like, say the Meg, I can I'm, I can enjoy it and I can watch it. I can find a lot of fun in it. Then you go always you go to something like Snakes in a Plane. Not into it at all. It feels like it's too absurd. It's almost it's 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 not even taking itself seriously enough. It becomes a parody of what it should be. It's almost than, it's that line. It's yeah. that line of like is it a parody? You got to take, everyone involved has to know the tone, but take it seriously enough to think they make it out that it is real mm. and not accept it as a parody. And that's mm. this, it's a very fine line to, to sort of to, to definitely. Walk. But well, this is definitely on the right side of that line. I'm, I, I would score it a solid seven out of ten, sir. Nice. I, I, I was hoping for a 7 out of 10. I will definitely go and see it. Um, As I say, it's pure nonsense. We all know it's nonsense, but if you go in, like you said, knowing what you're going to see, you will have a fun time. Um, you, you'll smile, you'll come out, feel it all. Yay! Fucking. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Off that call, the last film of the week, and that is a film that's on Amazon Prime Video just now, and that is a film called Kandahar, which has been dropped again without much... Um... Mm. I'd, I'd never heard it until, because I texted you this morning saying, yeah. well, I watched so that we can talk about stuff, and you said Kandahar, and I was like, what the fuck is Kandahar? Um, and I had to look up at IMDb yeah. to see what I it was. I watched this one as well. I didn't realise it was... I, I honestly thought it was an old film, looking at it, yeah. it's not out this year. Um, directed by Rick Roman Waugh, who directed the film Angel Has Fallen, um, Snitch, but most recently one, I don't know if you've seen it yet, it was Greenland. Did you see the Greenland? I've still not seen that, no. I'm genuinely cracking um, sort of end of the world apocalyptic drama. Um, you, keep telling me about, you keep telling me about this Greenland film and I yeah. need to watch it. So I went in with very high hopes just because of that, particularly because of that. Um, so the plot of this one is you've got a uh, sort of special forces person um, working for CIA, CIA operative um, behind enemy lines. He's sort of freelance in many ways, isn't he? He's sort of he's working like mm. off books almost. Mm-hmm. Um in Iran on a mission. Mission goes south, he's then got to try and get to Kandahar in order to get, escape without getting killed, essentially. That is the plot of the film. Yeah. 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 But it's not that but yeah, but it's not that simple. Yeah, it's not because you've got to try and get across the Iranian desert, which is full of problematic issues. Yeah. Um, you've got playing the MI6 CIA Special Forces is he British, is he American, we don't know <laughs> um, as always is Gerard Butler, um, you've also got Navid Naglaban, uh, Badar Flody, Travis Femel, Thomas Harper, Thomas, Tom Reese harry sorry, and Mark Arnold so they're sort of the round of the cast, but it is very much the Gerard Butler and the Navid uh, Naglaban, sure, they're sort of they're the, he plays his translator, so they're the two sort of main um, yeah. um, I, when I read the plotline for it. I thought it sounded very much like that one we watched recently, The Covenant. Remember the guy Richie one? Hall, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very. I thought it was going to echo echoes of that. So this is again for me anyway, very formulaic Jerry Butler action flick. That it didn't offer anything new, but I don't know if anyone who's watching a Gerard Butler film at this point in time is looking for anything new. You're not going to get it if you don't. Yeah. But then yeah. he has done other things that are interesting. Maybe he's done that one when he's locked in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shop. He is capable of doing different things, mm. but I don't know if they have quite the financial boom for him. So he yeah. always falls back on doing stuff like this, which again people seem to enjoy and seem to like. Sort of, it keeps his the, brand at a certain level. The fear I've got though for forever, Jerry, um, he is becoming more and more American, isn't it? It's hard to tell. Yeah. It's like you hear the Scottish because we are Scottish, but then you're like, what's, what are you, Jerry? That's what are you doing? You're changing your accent. But think you'll do spend the first ten minutes trying to decide what's he going to play. <laughs> yeah. Is he playing British? Is he playing American? Is he playing you know what's Scottish? What's he playing? Um, the, the, the problem I've got with Jerry is, or the fear I've got is that he's getting to that age now where. The action roles he needs to, you know, he's kind of Liam Neeson kind of, you know, done them later, but was done them earlier, you know. Mm. So he needs to, he needs to think, you know, where's my future? He can't keep doing this kind of stuff, and I do worry that Jerry's going to. Where, where's he going to go? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, this film was a little bit let down because of Greenland, because Greenland I went into with very low expectations of it being a sort of a Gerard Butler post-apocalyptic apocalyptic movie mm. and it turns into I mean, a, a genuinely heartfelt and very sort of like sort of like under your skin emotional story um, with the background of the world is ending <laughs> so that's that really worked for me this felt like a return to sort of just very 
I remember from like, like that one he saw was it plain yeah. Yeah. very much in that vein of like it's all it's very straightforward it's just a series of never ending shootouts at times for me like the whole middle section just felt yeah. like shootout to shootout in different towns Yeah, it never really felt that interesting and I never, any, I never worried about Jared Butler at any point during that yeah the thing that got me with this one though is it, it's a hell of a slow start. I found the first mm, half yeah. hour was like, you know, yeah. a real slog that first half hour. And it's maybe maybe I'm stupid and I don't understand politics and particularly Middle Eastern politics of, of the kind of now, but I was never fully sure who was bad and who was good. There was like it, it kind of blood. I think oh, that's kind of the point you get into that sort of murkiness of politics in that region is like everyone allies with people for a small time and then the the ally always becomes the uh, enemy eventually. Which, but in the film, over, over a short period of time in a film, it did get confusing. It's like, because yeah. I, can, I can understand like in the 1980s, the Taliban were good, but the 1990s and 2000s were bad. But in this film, it's almost like the Taliban and all that kind of, they become good at one point and then become bad at one point. Yeah, and then it, gets, like, this is it. So I, I didn't know who I was many rooting for. Who, yeah. you, you know, like, like, yeah, no, not dead, but no, they're not bad. I, I was dead confused about, yeah. you know, like, the only person that, that I could depend on, you know, was Jerry. I was like, yeah, Jerry, 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 but everybody else, I was like, I, I, I don't, don't want them to get killed. I want them to be all right. That's I, all but yeah. I don't know if anyone else is good or bad. Like, I was yeah. so confused throughout the fucking film. Like, yeah. I just didn't understand. Then they had the whole bit, I don't know if you, you kind of feel the same, with a reporter getting kidnapped. That the, the, felt the, completely superfluous, didn't it? it was the, the, there was no point in that whatsoever at all. Right. I was, I, I got to the end of the film and I was like, I'm so confused by, by that. what the purpose of that storyline was. I was very much, it didn't yeah. really add anything to the story at all. It felt like they it almost felt like it was from a different movie. I it's just like, there was nothing, there was like, Without spoil, she was kidnapped at the start, let go at the end. That 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 was that that was her part in the movie. That there was I don't, I don't fucking get it at all. It's absolutely Aye. insane. But I, I just found it very confusing trying to figure out who who was good, who was bad. Yeah. Should I be rooting for these guys? That that kind of messed with me. I was like, I don't understand. If I can't. I get films, you know, have got grey areas, but you it's know, black and white. But yeah, the grey. Some, sometimes you need to know monkey. who's the good guys and who's the fucking bad guys. Who's cowboys? Who's the Indians? You know, yeah. so to speak. Um, and and it's the most basic fucking you know stereotypical Hollywood racist mm. sense. You need that, and this film just didn't give me that. So no. I was spending a lot of it to like, kind of try to puzzle out what the fuck's happening. Yeah, I was much the same myself. Um, and it, like it's hard to trade. Like I would probably recommend this one more than I'd recommend Art of Yeah. Stone. Yeah. Definitely. I think people who like Gerard Butler will still enjoy it. I'm going to give you kind of what you want from Gerard Butler. Yeah. But it's neither bad nor interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just happens. Not, it just happens. Yeah. It's just there yeah. and it goes. Like at least Cop Shop, people had problems with Cop Shop and some of the stuff in it. But at least at some point it was interesting at times. You know, it, it had something going on. It, there was, there was, it was fun. Work. This wasn't fun as well. No. There, there wasn't Quippy Butler here. Quippy Butler's no. fun. You know, like, what's your favourite game? Fuck up. Do you know what I mean? So yes. we, we love that Jerry Butler, you know, where he's a bit yeah. kind of sassy in this. He, you know, he's becoming no, this, this, this jaded man who's caught in these situations and he's not fun. And it's like, Jerry can do fun. He can deliver a line. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. Let him do it as well. It, it, I'm trying again, would you, if you had to watch this with the Covenant again, what would you watch? I'd watch the Covenant again. I think. You think so? There's more in that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't. 
I, I don't know. Was it, there, was more, there was more linear of good and bad in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I knew, you know, yeah. who I was rooting for the full time. I, you know, in this film, you know, the, the Taliban are helping out the good guys. Do you know what I mean? But the Taliban are the bad guys. And it tells you that in the film that they're the bad guys, but sometimes they're necessarily good guys and what that. Yeah. I don't fucking... Well, what are they? Tell me. You yeah. know, like, give me a fucking straight road here that I can sail down. Yeah. Um, it, it, did, it did ramp up. The first half hour was fucking slow. But, you know, it, yeah. it, well, once the action did start, you know, it, it kind of... Went and it kept a good momentum to the, the, the ends. Yeah, yeah, it, it goes, it keeps going, and it, it yeah. doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. I did notice Jerry doesn't run about as much anymore. That's I would say that you notice it's <laughs> very much above the waist shots with Jerry. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of Jerry running from location to location. He's diving behind a few things now and again, but he's not yeah. running to places anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been noticing that recently. It's, about, it's not quite as bad as a. Liam Neeson jumping over the, the fence for like it took like nineteen cuts over the fence <laughs> like that. But yeah, he definitely Jerry's a lot more static than he once was. I would, I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah. For, for sure. Um, but yeah, um, he must he must be like close to fifty now, Jerry Butler, surely. If not older, I think I think he may be older than me. I think you should research that. I'm trying to think because I think Jerry Butler can act. That that's the thing is I think he is capable of acting and he is capable of being funny as well because he's done rom coms and stuff like that. I just think he's got to find something. There's more to him than, than these kind of films that he seems to be falling into again and again. Mm. These, you know, fucking daft action films. I think there's more to Jerry, and I'd, I'd like to see it. How old are you? I'm 52. Jerry's one year older than you. Is he 53? Yeah, he's 54. I reckon I could beat him in a foot race. I don't think you could take I Jerry. Think, <laughs> I think I could take Jerry. I think I could. No. No, not he, he could just be a... a uh, TV tough guy. Maybe he's like nothing else to him. Maybe he's all, you know, he's just a limp wrestler actor for all you know. Yeah, sir. I, I think I could. I could find, beat him. You know, hundred meters. Me and Jerry. I think I'd take him. <laughs> you get it. That's that's you. You prove your mind if they're picking a hundred meter dash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go fisticuffs with Jerry Butler. He'd smack oh. me about. Paisley for God's sake. Yeah. Um, it's just another five for me, I'm afraid. I'll be slightly nice and give it a six. I think there's slightly more there. And I, and I think there's at least... I think they were trying something. I think they're trying to be maybe political or trying to make a point. It never quite came yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. But they were trying. At least I think it had done... It did feel less... It's, it's, it's a generic Jerry film, but it felt a less generic movie than Heart of Stone. Yeah. Oh, no, this is like... if this it's Both of them are five, but this is a five... On the a edge of a five, six, yeah, five. whereas the other yeah. one's a five, fucking definitely tumbling towards a four, for four, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it did have enjoyable moments, you know, there, there, there was some exhilarating action scenes and stuff like that, but um, yeah, just just a bit kind of messy and, you know, just a bit kind of loose and stuff like that, it just needs to tighten yeah. up a wee bit, yeah. Definitely, it's two hours, it's, it's... Both it's... of them were two hours, it was, yeah, it was, um, I didn't pause it and look at the time and stuff like that with this one. That's a there bonus. You, yeah. There you go, so that, that, yeah. that speaks volumes. Yeah, that is us for this week, Colsey. Next week, it's going to be very weird next week, next week, because I'm working a late shift for the first time in about a decade, so I won't get the movies. Um, you're, <laughs> you're not anywhere near a cinema either, so The Haunted Mansion is out, Gran Turismo is out, if we can try, if any of us can get to see them, we'll try and want to see them, see them well. um, Other than that, I think we'll be us trying to troll through some um, Amazon, Apple stuff, um, and see if we can find something interesting to to watch, to talk about next week. We'll, we'll talk about something. I don't know what we'll be talking about. That's the thing. Oh, they'll, they'll be st- they'll, we'll find plenty to talk about. Um, that, that, I, 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 it's a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Find, let's yes. find good content that's out there. You know, stuff stuff that 
more interested. So let, let, let's set a small challenge now. We'll do, I'll recommend one to you, you recommend one to me. As a I will do that. Yes, that right. sounds fair. That sounds fair. We'll, that sounds we'll fair. take that as next week's yeah. chat. Um, so I want you that, to. I, I do want you to watch the Selena Gomez documentary and find Lola to watch. You can find that to watch. That I know you keep you keep saying about Lola. I will try yeah. and get to that. Selena Gomez. I've got Apple Plus now. I can watch that. You can watch for, Gomez, for, for yes. two two months at least. I've got Apple Plus. <laughs> you, you get through all the Apple Plusness you can at this point in time. <laughs> Raffle through it all. I will milk that apple, sir. I will yes. milk it. <laughs> you can find us on the number three beers in the movie. But is it are we on X now? We're on X, aren't we? Well, we're always on X. Just Twitter transferred to X. We, we're on X, X. like the X Men. Um, yes, we're on X. And some alternate universe we're still on Twitter. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so look us up and talk to us about movies and Jerry Butler and weird accents and stuff like that. We'd like to hear from you as well. I've been caught. I'm weird. I just, 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 <laughs> just never, you never, he never goes weird. Never goes weird with it. He just, you know, he's hard to decipher sometimes what he's trying to do. I've been calling. You've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.